1: From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long.
0: It's January 14th, 2022. You're listening to the best poker cast on the interwebs. I'm Chris Casenza, And I'm Scott Long. Uh, I like this lead item we're going to talk about today. I don't have anything funny to talk about leading up to it. So, I don't, if you do, to say, is that uh, I'm very happy that we've had, what, three
2: shows in 2022 and you've got 2022 correct all
0: times. And <laughs> I got a file too. So, that's the thing. If you change the file, I'm screwed. Like, if yeah. you make it say 2028, 20, I'm saying it. So, I'm uh, still putting 2021
2: 20, on my checks. And,
0: and yes, yeah. I, I
2: still use checks. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so I always I kind of like this. In fact, actually, what I meant to do, and I forgot, so maybe I'll do this for next week, is go back in time and see last year's predictions and see how wildly off they were. Um, but every year, our friends at Poker News do their poker predictions for the coming year, and this year, it's Matt Hansen's turn there. And uh, here are his predictions, and we'll just read through them, and uh, we'll see which ones we uh, think are correct and which ones we can laugh at. Right? Okay, Yep. All right. Uh, first one: the poker market will continue to grow in Texas. Uh, Bally's in Paris will provide a great location for the World Series of Poker. Uh, the Run Good Poker Tour will continue to grow. Uh, Ali Mserovic, I think I'm, I think I stuck the landing on this time. <laughs> uh, will win a World Series bracelet, be the World Series Player of the Year, and also be the PokerGo Tournament Player of the Year. Dan Jungleman Cates will repeat as the World Series of Poker Players Championship champion. A Brazilian will win the World Series of Poker main event. And more states will legalize online poker and share players with other states.
0: Oh, do you wow. Know? Well, what does he say about the status of the NAF PokerCast? I, I want to know. <laughs> His prediction is for that because uh, I keep predicting it wrong somehow every week. I don't know. Um, very interesting. Uh, I agree with... Some some are pretty obvious, and some are interesting, really. Like, the tough one is the Brazilian will win the World Series main event. That's that's yeah, he, really,
2: you know. He had a couple very specific ones. That one is one of them, the uh, Ali M. Serovic, <laughs> uh, doing all three of those things, is uh, a order, although taller, he's one of yeah absolute terror lately so i mean who knows um we'll see but but yeah some of those are very specific the other ones are, are very vague and uh, more probably possible in terms of if you're putting money on it right
0: right so. right i mean if you were gonna say hey will one more poker room open in texas and that'll make it come true then, <laughs> yeah that that's gonna happen probably um bally's in paris a great location i don't know about i mean i, I guess i mean what makes a great location too? It's awesome. Yeah,
2: I will say this. I think I think what he's getting at, and I agree with this too, is, you know, whereby na- nature in the year twenty twenty-two, uh negative people throughout the world. Right? right, right. Positive people are all exiled somewhere else. Everybody's like the whole world's ending, right? Uh, so you uh so we generally don't like change and we think things are gonna be worse than they end up actually being. So uh, yeah, and I'm a rose-colored-glass guy. Um, I actually do think this this move to Bally's and Paris will be a, a good one. It won't be for everybody's taste, but I think all in all, I think it, it's it's not going to be as bad as people think. Um, I mean, there are things that we talked about, you know, like the easy parking and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, are not going to happen ever. But the the experience in there and being on the strip, I think, is going to be better than at least better than people think. If not,
0: I agree. I agree. I I I'm not always trying to be a negative Nancy or negative Nick or whatever you want to call me, but, um, and the fact that they're close, they're close to each other. Bally's in Paris are just one, you know, couple of feet away yeah. from each other. Yeah, so, um, it, you know, it won't be that big of a problem if like uh, your event is in Paris today and your other events in Bally's tomorrow or whatever. That's not, that big of a deal. It was just you and I always loved how convenient Rio was, although it was so far away. Like if you wanted to stay on the strip. Yeah.
2: Well, again, it's you know. it's great parking, but yeah. you don't have a
0: car. Then it wasn't a great location because right. you had an Uber or Lyft or a cab over there
2: every every day. So, right. so, I mean, so it's it's depending on your how you view the world, right? As it all debates, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're going out to Vegas and not renting a car, uh, uh, this is going to be way better <laughs> to be at Bally's of Paris than the Rio. Absolutely agree. If you live in Vegas and you have a car, this is going to be a problem because yeah. that find a place to park and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah it, all, it all depends on your worldview. So.
0: Uh, I, I find it interesting that he um brings up the Run Good Poker Tour, you know, uh, because uh, what I would think is, by saying this, is he saying the other ones won't grow?
2: I think, again, I'm not in his brain, but right. I would
0: say what I think is
2: that he kind of singled them out not that the other ones won't, but uh, the but that Run Good Poker Tour was the mid-major tour of the year last year, I believe, in the, or the last Global Poker Awards, whatever that was, two years ago. Um, and they continue to add more locations. They just finished up a very really successful one at our good friends out of Thunder Valley this past week. Um, so I, I think it's more of kind of a nod to them doing everything right and just kind of like
0: showing them some love. Rather than throwing shade at, at anybody else, oh, okay, else's. Oh, okay, because it's like you that's, know, it's that's it's just self. you know by default. But if you're saying this one's going to grow, you're not. I guess he just doesn't want to take a chance of saying the other ones will grow or not grow. He's not saying that that's the only one that will grow, and the other ones are going to be stale or go yeah, south. I think the so, for all right,
2: all right. The things
0: that are doing that he thinks are very good. Or- How about um. Do you have an insight as to there are there any states that are actually in the process of? Yeah,
2: I think th- this is the one that I would not bet money on. I would actually bet money on the Ali Im's aerobic. <laughs> one right. more, right? Uh, not that he's not deserving, but that's 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 a tough uh, triple crown there, yeah, right? Um but it doesn't i i'm really not aware of any states right now that have bills active to legalize online poker um obviously several of them are trying to get sports books. Um, some might be legalizing gambling in general, which would allow maybe poker, but uh, i 'm not aware of any specific online poker bills that are out there and I, obviously i don 't follow all fifty states, so uh, there might be some out there, but i 'm just not aware of any so
0: yeah, but I mean you have a feed set up to tell you anytime the word poker basically comes up you 're getting some news info so if you don 't know about it it 's not out there
2: it probably isn't and and, and let 's be honest we've talked about this on the show before too. You know, once the Supreme Court lifted the sports book thing, that is where all the interest went, right? Yeah, so yeah. I mean that's really where everything's going now. It's where all the marketing money is. I mean, you can't you can't even watch Days of Our Lives Now without competing ads from DraftKings and FanDuel. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> uh so that that's just where it is. And for whatever reason lawmakers seem to think that sports betting is less dangerous or less onerous or whatever words you want to use that they keep have been keep using to keep gambling out of their states in the past. Uh, it's less that than poker or other forms of gambling, um, and, and I, I don't see a way for us, we as the poker community, to overcome that. So I think, yeah, I think we just got to hope that we can grab onto some coattails <laughs> there in, yeah. in states that that find, hey, sports books are bringing out a lot of money. Maybe what if we allow poker too? And that's probably where it's going to go. But um, now the shared liquidity—that uh, more likely to happen, I think. I think as some of these other states keep going, um, uh, that uh, they'll realize the uh, intelligence in that. But again, you got to think from from a lawmaker standpoint. Not everybody understands. I mean, they, they don't understand the difference between poker and blackjack, right? That's always been one of our problems, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense to someone. Well, why why would we have to share players? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it takes one person to play blackjack. Why do you need to play blackjack with somebody in California? Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you understand poker, then you understand why liquidity is such an important thing. But that takes education. Um, and that, that's, again, the, everything we do with poker has always been a tough sell, right? And so it's always, it's not going to change. It's just, you got to work harder than the other guys. Um, to get what we want. so
0: And to make this a, a successful bet, too, for us to vote the other way or to bet the other way, when he says plural, states, that's yes. how you know you're going to win because it's not going to be more than one state. At in least the one state. Game. Yes, that, yeah. that would bring the odds down Exactly. Your so I think you and I, if we were to make bets, we would probably bet on the last four. Ali, Dan Jungleman, uh, the Brazilian winning the main event, and the states. Those are the four that we would bet against and probably would come out on the winning side of that. Correct, yes, in the first And in the first three, we'd probably... Really, the
2: out. only thing in Texas that, that enemy has to worry about is, you know, the state cracking down on it. That's, that's the only thing that's going to stop the group there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Either cracking down on it, or as we mentioned before, legalizing casinos and uh, even just legalizing casinos, not even touching the clubs. Legalizing casinos, I think, would have a big uh, impact on the card club growth there as well, too, but... Right. Um, but otherwise, yeah, there's no reason to believe that that's not going to go gangbusters. Um, again, you're going to have the folks that, as we mentioned, whine about ballys and Paris, but most people are going to go and play and have a good time, just like the vac It's going to be a lot like the vaccination thing, I think, right? I you mean, know, people are like, oh, people are going to go, because going to go to ballys and Paris. and then at the end of the day, you know, people are still go. So. Just they're going to go, absolutely. And there's no reason to believe run goods not going to get better, um, or continue to grow either. So, yeah. Now, of the final four, though, if if, if you force me to put a uh, a bet down, I would put down on Dan Case repeating as Poker Players Championship yes. champion. Yes, yes. That's happened before. I mean, you don't get a lot of people in that tournament. Um, so, I mean, mathematically, I'm not even a, a, um, using Kate's ability here, just mathematically – uh, that's, that's far more possible than some of these other things. So. Yeah,
0: I agree. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. I should gamble more often. Because <laughs> you, you and I agree, and you gamble all the time. Of well, course, do you lose? Uh, Overall, yeah. in your whole life, or are you, you come out on the losing oh, end of gambling? absolutely. Oh yeah, then I won't do it. Because yeah. I agree with you, so that means I'd be a horrible gambler.
2: But again, because I I gamble to have fun. I'm not one of these that gambles to make money. So, you know, if I gamble. Uh, That's why you lose. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Hey, you know, again, it's entertainment.
2: All right, so speaking of our friends at Poker News, uh, they delved into the touchy subject of what should happen when a player tests positive for COVID during a multi day tournament. Uh, The article referenced two ideas tweeted by well known pros. Alan Kessler posted a poll on his Twitter feed, on what tournament directors should do for fellow players, either inform them of a positive test of another player or not, while Justin Bonomo suggested venues should create a formula to refund positive players a portion of their buy-in. And the former, by 60 to 40, respondents said the venue should try to inform possibly infected players, though some mentioned that all players know the risk of playing poker these days. Uh, in the latter, industry leaders, including Matt Savage and Sean McCormick, mentioned there are some difficulties involved with that. Uh reaction from players similarly mentioned problems, including what happens if a player has to leave for any illness.
0: Where do you want to start? Well um I don't know when you when you think about life as a whole and there's COVID uh reactions, I think that the poker tournaments should sort of be treated the same way. If you enter a tournament and you are You know, test positive for it. I think you have to give up your your buy-in. You 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 shouldn't get a portion of it back. It's your fault. I'm sorry. I mean, it's your fault. You chose to play, and you chose to go out, and you chose to uh, be in a situation where you could catch COVID, and you or whatever you did to catch COVID, you caught COVID. It's not our fault, and you need to be able to you know deal with that. That's you you chose to play, and I'm on that team whatever that team was that said you know the you know the uh the results of of having to do something like this what could happen then you know you're an adult and hey you're going to sacrifice that buy-in that and I don't even know how you can come up with a formula to give them some of their buy-in back that's also affecting the players in the tournament it's like okay I thought I was playing for a million but 30 guys got sick and they're bought in for you know you know 50 grand each and now i'm playing for six hundred thousand, know, or whatever the hell it is it's like how do you even figure that out well i've got a huge stack size well we did it on time rather than chips and it's just that's a nightmare nightmare
2: absolute nightmare and i understand where this is coming from so i'm not criticizing um justin for suggesting this i mean it, all this stuff is coming from a, a from a place of heart that I'm trying to understand this this thing that none of us can understand right, right. um and um, and I, again, I, I don't know Justin. I haven't followed up with what are we saying here, but but I would assume part of his concern here is that if we don't have a way of uh, crediting players uh, for getting uh, becoming positive during the uh, tournament, uh, they will do what you kind of what you said, and I agree is they're just not going to enter, right? <laughs> right? So if they don't enter, then. Then those guarantees come down, the price will comes down, and that's not good for poker. So he's trying. I think he's trying to help here. Uh, the problem, though, is is that the solutions are worse than the problem. Um, uh, as somebody joked, it's not even really a joke. I mean, I mean, they were being funny, but it, the same thing I thought of. As soon as you get eliminated from a tournament, why not go get tested? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, hey, by the way, I'm positive. Uh, so give me my uh, prorated uh, buy-in back. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's
2: right. <laughs> So you got that, and then, and then what kind of thing that I, I, there's some other people that, first thing I thought of is, like, why is COVID any different than anything else? Yeah. You know, yeah. If, I, if I get the flu or I develop some other, something or other, I'm like, obviously I shouldn't be playing anymore, um, so do I get a refund too, or is it just COVID? Right. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me, and if you open up that can of worms, that is, that's
0: really, really. Uh, exactly, because how many people die of the flu every year? You know, people die and get complications from pneumonia or the, or the from the common cold. You know, it's 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 a silly thing. You you just can't do this. You can't do it.
2: So I mean you can solve both of these by just saying to folks, hey, COVID's here to stay. Uh we all have to learn how to deal with it in our own ways. Uh if you enter a poker tournament, understand what that means. That means that if you test positive and hit the dropout, you lose your buy-in. If somebody tests positive at the table, you may or may not know. Uh, but that's that's the risk you, you run. Uh, now, where it gets a little difficult is that I, I think there is an effort that could be made, to Alan Kessler's point. Um, you know, if a—I mean, no one's going to volunteer—I shouldn't say no one. Um, there will be players that will not voluntarily leave a tournament from a positive test, I would I would say, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know hey i i bought in i'm not getting anything for dropping out i'm playing i'm i'm messed up you know right um so it would take a tournament director to remove you from the tournament right yeah. um and so at that point i mean if you're removing somebody from the tournament i think there should be i, I don't think it's unreasonable let's say i may say that it's not unreasonable to ask the venue to do some level of contract tracing, and you know, even if it's just an, an announcement over the, um, uh, the the mic before our play starts, hey, we had to remove a player if it's positive for COVID, so y'all should go get tested because. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't think it needs to get down to the granular part of going and figuring out what table that particular played on and who was there and finding them and letting them know. I mean, I think a blanket announcement is sufficient enough for me, I would say.
0: This is the nightmare of, of basically opening a poker room with COVID going on and a country or a world trying to get over it, you know, because they see the danger of it. And you know, because you had a really good point, and I really don't know how to react to it really about, you know, the flu, you know, but it, the flu has gotten so weak over the years, yeah, it changes every year, that's, you know, why you always have to get a different kind of shot every year, because it, it evolves, but, you know, it still can kill people, and yet we don't do anything about it, you know, we, we just say, oh, most people don't die of the flu, you know, and, well, I guess the to define the word most, most people don't die of COVID now, right? Right. So eventually it's going to get to the point where we're going to be like, well, COVID is just endemic and it's just like any other virus or thing that you might catch. And you're likely only going to die of it if you have a weak immune system or if you're, you know, whatever. And so we're just going to now lift all these bands and just going to be able to go play. And if somebody has COVID, big deal, that's going to happen. But yes. because because it's happened with flu, but but you're right. It's like, okay, why are they making all these conditions for COVID, but they're not for the flu or they're not for the common cold because, you know, test positive for the flu, you know, can I get my money back? You know, no, because COVID is the, it's the chic thing right now. It's the new thing. It's the thing That's that, right. you know no, what I'm I trying just, to say? It's, it's just yeah, weird. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah. It's weird. And,
2: and, and again, I mean, we're not going to get a,
0: a deep COVID discussion here, but I think what we've
2: learned from Omicron is that it's going to continue to mutate, right? So that's why it's always going to be here, but it's going to get weaker and weaker. Right. Um, so you know the reaction that you have depends on whether you got vaccinated or not, um, or your health concerns and all that kind of stuff. You know, right? So um, so you have to make your make your choices. Uh, the one thing here, so you know, back when when COVID started, and we might have talked about this on the show, but I had some conversations with some poker room managers about, you know, what precautions they were going to take when they reopened. Right. And I was telling them, I'm like, you know, not everything with COVID is bad. I mean, these precautions, I mean, that, that have been, there are some that I wanted to, to stick around. And I'm actually disappointed that the temperature check disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think that would, you know, in general, I, I, do I have some level of concern that I'm going to get COVID playing poker? Yes, of course, because I have some level of concern I'm going to get COVID doing anything these days, right? Right, right. A number of my friends that are fully vaxxed and boosted that have gotten COVID last week is staggering, right? Yeah. So at this point, it, it's just going to happen, I think. So, so yeah, I'm concerned by that. But I'm also concerned about any other kind of illness I can get by being in a room with 500 people, you know, touching cards and chips, right? So. Um, And the fact that the technology ramped up so quickly on these temperature checks, it's really disappointing to me that that's that's gone away. Um, I mean, there are places now where you could literally walk in and they don't have to stop you to shoot the gun. They just have this, I don't know, this aura thing (laughs) that you walk through with it. It lets you know if you've got a high temp or not. I think I, the Hard I, Rock
0: had that. Didn't the Hard Rock yeah.
2: have that? Yeah. I mean, so I mean, it, 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 it's not intrusive anymore, and, and I would just be happy with that, even if that means that I get denied some places. I mean, I don't take my temperature every day. You know, obviously, if I, I don't feel well, I'm going to stay home. But you know, maybe I, I'm starting to have a fever and I didn't know about. It. I'd be thankful if yeah. somebody's let me know. Hey, you're getting sick. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, okay, great. You know what? No poker for me today. Let me go home and take care of myself. Get some OJ and some chicken soup.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, so yeah, so I, I wish we would have kept that um, going forward, and that 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 would have been. But but yeah, so that's. I, I think you're right. I think it's still this. I don't. I don't want to use the over word overreaction, but uh, too much reaction on this singular thing that has now become part of our world, um, and, and at the expense of other things that have can harm our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, see uh, what happens. Well, yeah, move forward. Uh, Any updates? Papes the anti-up fans free online tournament series on PokerStars Play Money site is available everywhere. Details on how to join can be found at bit.ly/paips. Games are on the sixteenth, sixth, uh, sixteenth, twenty-sixth of every month, and rotate disciplines with a main tournament followed by a second chance event. PokerStars lets you claim fifteen thousand free chips every four hours. Join the Anti Up Fans Group Facebook page and get feedback on your hands or ask called for questions or just discuss anything poker. Uh, check out our 11 vintage Anti Up logo designs on merchandise at slash shop. You can buy t shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and more with your choice of Anti Up Magazine, Anti Up Poker cast or Anti Up Poker Tour logos. If you have a hand of the week, listener spotlight, or call to the floor submission, email podcast at com or post in the Anti Up Fans Group Facebook. I, I got a Question for you: Did you ever did you ever see Family Guy? Did you ever watch that show?
2: used oh, the love Family Guy. Yeah. Right.
0: See, do, do you remember the episode where I think Stewie locks up Cleveland and uh, what's the the guy who drives the Chevy? Uh, uh, oh my gosh! For so long, I forget his name. It starts with a G. Yeah, uh, Giddy Giddy Giddy. That guy. What is oh, that no, yeah, That's just. The same. <laughs> um, when, when Stewie locks them up in the in the cellar. Right on the chains, and then he puts like an infomercial on, and it's on loop, and they're constantly repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. And then when they end the show, they go down there, and uh, the two guys are there, and they're they're reciting what the infomercial is, and they do it in synchronicity, and they just constantly over. over. I wonder if people like who like binge (laughs) our show, because I read this same Annie updates thing every week, and like I almost close my eyes when I do it now. Because I can do it by memory almost completely. And I just wonder if there's people out there that are just like, with their eyes are glazed over and they're droning on. They're like, join well, the NEF <laughs> Fans Group Facebook page to get feedback on it, you know.
2: Reasonably sure you're correct because we haven't sold a damn t shirt in months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a lot of interaction on the Facebook fans page anymore. And I don't know about Papes. I mean, we just finished the season, uh, the yearly season. So I don't know uh, whether play is, is going up or down with that. But yeah.
0: Um, and we're not getting a lot of emails anymore, either. <laughs> right. A Quagmire. That's a, it's Quagmire. Glenn Quagmire. the G in there. All right, Glenn Quagmire. It. <laughs> hey,
2: it might be coming Might be coming close to this iPhone team commercial that is on every time right now. I don't know if you've seen that one, but my wife and I keep laughing about it. it comes on, and we're like, all day long, <laughs> this commercial. I know.
0: Okay, uh, let's, this is our call to four here. This is uh, find yourself in a situation in your favorite poker room or your home game. You're not sure what the proper ruling would have should, should have been. Email us at podcast at antiyotmagazine.com. We'll have Rivers Casinos connect director of poker, Elliot Checkter, tell you how he would have ruled. comes from Jeff Chander. He says, uh, this is a bar league. No money at stake. Most players in the league play it like that. But a few of us attempt to use it as practice for real tournaments and play like that. We help the dealers and shuffle additional decks to speed up the gameplay once we get shorthanded. We were down to four players, and I was shuffling the spare deck for the next hand as the cards were dealt. Under the gun, player folds, and I was on the button. The dealer takes the folded cards and places them on top of mine and begins to place them, uh, pull them in before I had a chance to look at the cards. I say, hold on, I didn't fold, and ask the dealer for the bottom two cards. Uh, To make sure I had my cards, I asked the the under-the-gun player to look at the two cards that were separated and verify if they were the two cards he folded. He agreed that they were his cards, and I looked at my cards at that point. I had an ace and a four, and being on the button, I shoved all in. The player in the small blind said that the cards should have been mucked when the dealer grabbed them and folded. I said that the cards verified to be in the... uh, Wait a minute. I said that the cards verified to be in the... (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Uh, 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 So anyway, (laughs) anyway, the cards verified were his, and the under the player verified the other two cards were his, so it didn't matter. Since our directors are generally there to make sure the games go on smoothly and follow the basic rules, but in this instance, myself and the other player agreed the directors would not know the answer to this technical rule. We ended up playing the handout. Uh, The small blind folded, and the big blind on the short stack called and was knocked out by me. Was this appropriate to continue with the hand, or should the cards have been mucked, uh, as the other player suggested.
2: All right, so yes, we gave Elliot the week off again because this is an easy one. Uh, this is a clear fold. Uh, uh You can't get these cards back, and so a couple of issues here. Um, certainly understand the, um, the the shuffling of a second deck to speed things up and make things easier. You know, we do that in our home game too. Just understand that uh, while you're trying to solve a problem there, you're opening yourself up to other problems like this one, right? Mm. So uh, my advice is when you are um, the one shuffling the other deck, you know, cap your cards right away when they're dealt. Pay attention. You've got to walk and chew gum at the same time, right? Mm. Pay attention to those cards. Hold on to them. You know, your hand is more important than shuffling that deck. So always protect your hand and make sure you're acting on your hand properly. You can finish up shuffling afterwards, even if, you know, you know, I know you get frustrated, too, when you're the one dealing and then you play it all the way to the end. Right. And then you look down, oh, my God, I'm sorry, I haven't shuffled yet, but that's fine. I mean, you're just trying to speed up the game. You're not trying to, like, warp speed it. Right. So so every if every once in a while, the the person shuffling uh, ends up being in a big hand and playing at the end and you have to wait for them to do a traditional shuffle Oh, gosh! <laughs> the humanity of it right <laughs> uh, so, so just don't worry about that um so I mean, here's the other thing I think people forget about too on and in this particular case, um because I could see why someone said, "Hey, there are only four cards there." I asked the other player to verify that those two cards were his, so these other two cards have to be mine. What's the problem here? Well, again, this is a collusion problem, right, so Obviously, that's not what's going on here. Jeff does. It. I don't, I'm not assuming that Jeff and this other guy are not colluding. But how do you know that there aren't two other people at the table that are doing that? And the guy looks at two cards and like, hey, nope. Uh, how about you play these two nice, nicer cards, right? You know. So, you know, once it's mucked, it's mucked. There's a reason it's mucked, and it's unfortunate that it happened. Um, but it's preventable. So keep that. Eye. It's very preventable here. I mean. You can make sure your cards are capped and protected, um, and then shuffle later on.
0: So. I, I, it's weird. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on this, okay. and, awesome. and I almost always agree with you because what we're doing here is basically talking from an industry standpoint and from a rule standpoint, that kind of thing. But this is different in that, and for me, in that we aren't following casino rules because if it was a real casino there'd be one dealer and there wouldn't be multiple decks and you would have to do it so we are, once you introduce something that is outside the realm of what is accepted poker you know etiquette or decor or whatever you want to call it now you're saying okay i believe we have to go to rule 1 then and say Do what's best for the game. In this case, someone's doing their job, shuffling the deck, and all of a sudden turns around and is like, whoa, my cards are gone. I'm sorry, I was trying to help the game. This is what you asked us to do, to shuffle this extra deck. I was doing it, and then you took my cards, and that's one. Two, I understand that you can protect your cards, and I know what you're saying, but because they introduced this different element, I believe that there should be some sort of leeway, some sort of, okay. Then I think also with the collusional uh, uh, argument, I think some common sense has to stand in here. What are the odds that two people go into this tournament, are seated next to each other in a tournament, at that precise moment, say, hey, if we ever come up with the situation where our four cards get folded on the bottom of a double deck that we didn't have, we're going to say... And then the other thing, too, was he didn't show them all four cards. He showed him the bottom two that were obviously his... So he doesn't know that the other two are better than... the, you know. So, I mean, I think common sense could have prevailed here and said, hey, we introduced extra decks. Hey, we asked you to shuffle those decks. Hey, a mistake was made. We can solve it. We can go into the muck because we have been c- cases in tournaments where they make them go into the muck and verify it's their cards. And I, we've talked about on the show when they actually do that in real tournaments and real casinos. I think that common sense and the fact that we've introduced an element that isn't really in poker, isn't really in a, an official poker setting, that there should be some sort of leeway and be like, hey, you know what? We're in a bar league together. There's no money. Can we at least, you know, this was a mistake that I didn't make. The dealer made it. And this is something that you all created with these extra decks and this other stuff. And could it really be collusion in a bar league? that In this situation, it would be like all the planets aligning and then producing diamonds that rain down on us so that we can all be rich. I just don't see that happening. So... In my mind, I think this is the opposite of what what it should have. I think they should have definitely let him play his cards and knock them out.
2: Uh, All fair points. Uh, Not going to go back and forth. Uh, The collusion thing, I mean, yes, it is a ridiculous assumption, but... but again, it's there just to prevent right. a different situation that may not be as ridiculous as this one. So, um, And then the only thing I'll say is, I'm like, and it's difficult because he said, you know, no money is stake most players play it like that. But a few of us attempt to practice for real tournaments and play like that. So, I mean, I guess that's where I'm getting at is that, you know, you get conditioned in how you play and where you play the most, right? So what, what I don't want, and I think we've spent 15 years, 16 years on the show Uh, Telling people that you you can play your home game however you want, but you can't go in a casino and insist that the casino do the same things you do at home, right? Right. So, if you want to be prepared for playing in a casino, uh, the best way to prepare yourself for playing a casino is playing your home game, your bar league, or your free leagues, or whatever it is, as close to a casino as possible. So, that way, when you get in a casino, you don't have this problem. So, um, now... You're right, you know, getting into the casino, I mean you're not shuffling <laughs> you're right. not touching the cards, right, so this scenario is not going to happen but but you don't want that scenario where you think that you're allowed to go muck diving i mean there are you're right, there are some situations where that does happen, but very, very few uh, for the most part when cards are mucked, they're mucked in the casino, and you're just not going to get them back, so you get conditioned to say you can, you're conditioning yourself to be a little lazy, I guess is what I'm saying, yeah, then, yeah. um hey, you know it's not my. F- not my job to protect my cards. It's the dealer's job to realize that I haven't folded yet. And that's not the case in a casino. Um, so, All
0: right. Very entertaining. I didn't think that the No Elliot Needed Call to Four was going to be as entertaining as it was. But uh, it's always nice to have opposing viewpoints sometimes. Absolutely. We get to complete O'Malley's move today, which is always exciting. So we're going to play part one to refresh our memories, and then we'll see you on the other side. <laughs>
1: and welcome to another o'malley's move i'm malcolm o'malley this week we're playing in a $1 $2 no-limit hold'em casino cash game the action goes in waves where it gets crazy for a while and then settles down for a time the table has been relatively calm for the last half hour or so the max buy-in is 500 but most players buy in for 200 we usually get as close to the biggest stack as possible when we buy in Today when we sat down, there was a 250 stack as the biggest, so we bought in for 300 and have broke even so far. There is a brand new player on the button that sat down a few hands earlier. He bought in for 200. The blinds post and it's folded all the way around to us in the cutoff with the ace of clubs, king of spades. Fantastic. We make it $8 to go. Standard. The button calls, the new guy, the small blind folds, and the big blind calls. After the rake and jackpot drop, there's around $20 in the pot, and the flop is the 9 of diamonds, 8 of spades, 4 of hearts. The big blind surprises us by donk betting into two opponents for $15. Raising and then folding to a single bet is extremely weak, even for 1-2. We're going to make this call and see what develops. Interestingly, the button calls as well. There's now around $65 in the pot, and the turn is the king of diamonds. The Big Blind checks. Well, other than a set, I'm not sure what beats us here. I think this is a bet. We want to deny any draws equity and get value from nines or sticky King X hands. We make it $50 to go. The button shoves for his remaining 175 and the Big Blind thinks for quite a while before flinging his cards at the dealer in frustration. So. It's 125 to win around 190. Are we good here? Does it matter? What's the move? I think I like a call here. Uh,
2: sets are always possible, of course, but the, the only reasonable two pair hand here is a suited 9 8. I doubt 7 6 is in this hand, but Jack 10 would call a standard raise in the button and a modest C bet open ended and would shove to guarantee a victory, right? Yeah. Uh, I think King King is out since uh, lots of other King hands are, but uh, but lots of other King hands are possible, and we have them all beat except for time with Ace King. So I,
0: I feel pretty good here. I, I agree with you on a call. I mean, why shove if you're ahead, right? I mean, the old adage is that if they're trying to scare you out, it's because they're weak. Why, you know, or they're precarious. So why why shove if you're ahead? I think our hand is good right now, and we need to call. So that's what I'm going to do too. Here comes part two. Hello again.
1: This has to be a draw. I don't see a hand like nines, eights, or fours playing it this way, and can this really be something like king nine or nine eight? This might be a combo draw, something like queen jack of diamonds or jack ten of diamonds, but I have to make this call. Our opponent flips over, the queen of diamonds, jack of diamonds, and as the river peels off the eight of diamonds we have to add on. Meh, it happens. Until next time, I'm Malcolm O'Malley saying, Sometimes you get outdrawn. I hope to see you on the Felt.
2: Well, the combo draw really makes sense now, and uh, we had to dodge plenty of calls, but, uh, but I still think we made the right call.
0: Yeah, you got to love being ahead and losing to a draw with one card to come, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I I mean, mean, that's I
2: mean, why we play pokers for that to happen, I right?
0: I mean, I guess there's solace in the fact that you were right. In making the call while ahead, so you knew you were ahead, you just happened to get sucked out on. So that 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 stinks, but uh, but yeah, it's it's at least you're making the right decisions. It's just you're getting the wrong results.
2: And I think our opponent made the right decision here too. I'm like, that's 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 the way you play that, right? I'm like, yeah. you know, why wait until you catch up? I mean, put the pressure on now. You've got two ways of winning this hand: by getting them fold now, or if they call, or hitting it. Hitting as we did,
0: so the right. Sklansky semi bluff, David yes. Sklansky semi bluff, yeah,
2: absolutely, well right. played by our opponent, I think, so, or well played by both
0: of us. Yeah, I think I think there was uh, there a there's. I was going to say there's no losers, but there was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was.
2: O'Malley yeah. <laughs> might have a problem with that.
0: Yeah, sorry, O'Malley. <laughs> all
2: right, it's time for the Advanced Poker Training hand of the week. Send your hands or situations a podcast at AnteUp If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership. Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. Mike Buck is sent in the hand that we, uh, sweet Chris, and, uh, didn't mention, but, but I grew up in the Mike Buck, so. Oh. I would imagine if that's the same Mike Buck he would have said something. Like that. <laughs> Anyhow, thanks for the he in the past, this Mike Buck. <laughs>
0: cool.
2: Uh, let's see, uh, here's a hand he said, uh, he just played on Poker Stars. Uh, Villain hasn't uh, been at the table for long, but played nearly every hand, including getting his 100 big blind stack in preflop with Jack-10 suited where he cracked King-King. Wow. Jeez. Oof. Uh, Game is eight-handed, playing 50-cent, $1, no limit hold'em, and we have squiggly, $100, and the villain has us covered. Okay. Under the gun, limps. The villain is in under the gun plus one, um, and also limps. Uh, one player folds, and it is on us in the hijack with the four of hearts, four of spades.
0: Uh, well, I mean, I guess I like a limp. You know, we'll set mine, try to get it for cheap online like this. You know, somebody may end up doing a squeeze on us. You know, a couple more spots behind us. Well, so always, it goes hijack, cut off, button, right. So you got at least two players behind you that are uh, not in the blinds that might try to squeeze you. Um but I think it's worth a call here just to see if you can get in for cheap and, and flop a set.
2: Yeah, calling all day long here. I'm like, this is why you set mine. I'm like, uh I mean it's the minimum to get in It's a dollar. I mean that's what you hope for. Now, you're right now there might be some action after us, but for right now it's one dollar. Yeah. Um and uh I mean I don't see much reason to to raise here. Again, tournaments are different when you have to like make some bigger plays uh but raising with fours here i think is a little too aggressive for my taste but uh folding w- w- is insane in my opinion so i'm uh, yeah. on here and, and you're right if it gets raised then we have to make a decision at that point whether to call or not but for now this is a great deal for a dollar okay all right our hero says i don't want to get into pre-flop raising war with this hand but it is an ideal set mining hand versus this villain so i elect to call uh, cut off button and small blind fold, but and big blind checks. So there's nice. four fifty after the rake in the pot, and our flop is the deuce of clubs, deuce of diamonds, seven of diamonds, and it's check to us.
0: Well, that's a pretty good flop. I mean, um only one over, and generally people are entering pots with just a seven in their hand early in the hand. All the later players folded. So if you're early in a hand, generally you have bigger cards, uh if you're entering a pot. I mean if you're set mining, then you might have seven seven. You might have A seven suited and you might limp with it. But for the most part, you know, a deuce could be in someone's hand, you know, the big blind could have a deuce, it could be check raising or whatever. Uh but then again you said the villain in the hand wasn't the big blind, so seems pretty safe to bet something now just to see where you are and you know, um I wouldn't mind a bet here. Like what I'd say, half maybe half the pot, you know, like What's what's in the pile? It's four fifty, so two two bucks, two three dollars, something like that, probably.
2: Yeah, I could I actually even defend going all the way up to pot here. I'm like, because we I think we're ahead here, um, but we're extremely vulnerable. I mean, there's not a lot of cards are going to come on the turn that we're going to like, right? So, right. Um, I have no problem betting pot and taking this down right now and uh, being happy with our. You know, we didn't we didn't this set mine, but we got the second best uh, option for our hand. You know uh, a paired board with a pair lower than ours, and uh, like you said, a middling over card that other than the big blind
0: shouldn't no one should really be around so okay i
2: I'm more than happy to take the spot down right yeah.
0: now. yeah, and we have positions, so we can always yeah. you know whatever later, but I like a bet
2: uh all right, uh we decide to bet two fifty here. He says I think that apart from the big blind, it's hard to imagine anyone having a deuce here, and I think a seven would bet out. As a turn likely wouldn't help them, I believe I probably have the best hand right now. No one else has shown any interest, and I'm happy to win it here. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess the, the, the argument against a pot size bet, as I mentioned, is if somebody is uh, laying the weeds with a seven or a deuce, that they will pop you
0: here. So yeah, and you wasted money that you didn't have to put out there.
2: You know, we we may want to fold if that happens. I'm not saying we would, but uh, but so uh, it's gonna be two dollars less than we lose, but. Uh, but, anyhow, so somewhere in that uh, half pot to full pot is probably the right bet. So.
0: Right, you always want to bet the least amount of money that'll have the same effect. Exactly. Right, yep. and that's what you want here.
2: Um, all right, uh, Big Blind and Under the Gun Fold, uh, but the villain and the Under Gun plus one min raises to $5, and it's back to us.
0: Okay, so that's just set off an alarm right there. He check raise with a min raise. Okay, so he's got a deuce. Or he's got a 7. I don't think he's got 7s full because he would be happy to just call and make it look like maybe he's drawing the diamonds or something. Yeah, I, I can't imagine us being ahead now. And I mean, unless he has something like Trey Trey, which he wouldn't check raise with Trey Trey. So, um, you know, 6s, 5s, and then 7s, 8s, those all have us beat. So I, I believe he wouldn't have checked with 8-8. Eight, eight. He probably would have bet 8-8. Eight, eight. So he's got to have a. I would think he has a deuce because why wouldn't he just bet the seven to find out what's going on? Why check raise? Oh, the seven. That's kind of silly to me. So I believe that we're behind right now. Um, and I don't mind a call just because it's so little that maybe we can pop a four on the turn and then take it down. But uh, if I, in my heart, I know I'm way behind. Like if this guy has a deuce and I have to hit the four, I don't know if I call. But it could be just to see, this guy could be trying to get a free card for his diamonds. You know, who knows? Um, So I might just call and see what happens on the turn, because I have position. If he checks the turn, then I get the river for free if I don't hit my four. So that'd be great. If I do hit my four for the paltry $2.50, that's even better. Because now when you call, if he has the deuce and you hit your boat, you know, he, he might just have a seven... Or he might just have a deuce, or he might think we just have a seven, and he's going to get us for more money. Either way, there's a lot of reasons to just call here and hope you pop the four. And because you're in position, you can even represent the diamonds and get a, th- a three deuces to fold. You know, if something comes and he checks to you like he's nervous. You know, so there's a lot of reasons to call here. I think, uh, especially if it's not that much money.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it's an interesting spot here because one, why the min raise? Why not a bigger raise? Right. Um, Uh, So, yeah, all those holdings that you mentioned are entirely possible, but I do think there's also a case to be made that this person is playing us um, because he can't assume that we would have a deuce or a seven either, so, Um, and again, you know, basic poker theory, it checks to you on the button, you should be betting here, right, which is what we did, so if you're assuming your opponent is doing basic poker theory, then the right thing now to do is to say, hey, I've got a better hand, even if you don't. So, um, but what to pull that off, I think it has to be more than a min race, so that's what I'm confused about here. So, um, and then the only other thing I'll mention too is, uh, and I'm not uh, uh, insinuating that he has a boat here, but I'm always got a little radar up when I see seven and a deuce on the board. Oh, yeah, just love to play that hand, yeah, and, yeah. And, and there are people out there that love to play it and hope to win with it, and so they can tell all their poker buddies at home, hey, I. Felt that this guy was seven deuces, ha ha ha. Yeah. So I am a little bit more heightened with that. Um, but he
0: wouldn't have played it this way, right? I, I, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have min raised with it. He has a board crushed. He has a deck crushed. Whatever. There's no way that he's going to risk losing you now with deuces full of sevens. He would just call. So
2: yeah, I mean, but the argument would be, I mean, go back to the min raise, which I don't understand. I could see someone thinking. Well, if I just min raise, they can't fold. Right. So yeah, I, th- there is a case that, that maybe that's the case. It just here. sets
0: off alarms, though. You know, it sets off alarms. You can't oh, get any more money on anybody.
2: Here. This is Apollo 13 all over again. Yeah. Right?
0: yeah. So. Um, and the one thing so, I will say, too, is he said that, if I remember correctly, the villain played just about every hand and then says, can't imagine somebody having a deuce. But you could totally have ace deuce if you're this player who's played every hand. Everybody plays a suited ace deuce. You know they get it because they can make a wheel and the nut flush and even a steel wheel. So he could have ace deuce in his hand, uh, and the min raise is just his way of saying, like you said, he can't fold for two dollars more or fifty more. So I don't know. He could have a deuce in his hand though. I don't know what the deuce is, but it could be ace deuce. Could be three two. Who knows? You know, because he plays every hand.
2: Yeah, so here's the real frustrating part for us now. It's a min raise, so you know, it's not that much more. I mean, yeah, we could hit her four and hopefully their four will be good, but that's really all we can hope for now, right? Other than as you mentioned, we maybe we could play the diamonds to our our advantage. Um so yeah, I mean I guess the diamonds tip it in that, that favor where I mean you get a couple other things you can play with here, but um otherwise, you know, it's it's two fifty for a two outer. Yeah.
0: Um so, you know. I don't know. So. Two out, or, two out or twice, though. You know, <laughs> increases That's true. That's true. <laughs> if you get the seed. Yeah, I think
2: we're all calling here, right? But I'm I, I'm just pointing out that maybe mathematically it's it's not correct. So yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, our hero does decide to call, and says, uh, "I want to see what he does on the turn. I don't believe he has a deuce, and although he may have a seven, the way he's played so far, I think he also is likely to have any two overcards." I don't want to re-raise and then have to fold to a shove, but I'm also probably not putting much more in here unless the turn is good.
0: Yeah, well, see, that's the thing is um, we always, a lot of times when we analyze these, we just analyze by the information they've given us, but a lot of times people don't care what their cards are. They're playing the player. So he also, because he has position, right, Mike could think at the end of the hand, I can also outplay him later, make him think I have the better deuce or a deuce, You know, because there's no reason why he couldn't have ace-deuce in the hijack, right? There's no reason why he couldn't have suited ace-deuce himself. So you could outplay him later, too. So it doesn't really matter that we're calling the 250 here because we have to hit two out, or it could be that you're just going to outplay somebody at the end in position.
2: You know, and the more I think about this, there is a case for us to raise here, too, because, you know, if we... It, raising here, I mean, as you said, I don't want to get into a raising war, but I, I there is no raising war from me. I mean, If I raise one more time here and he re-raises me, I'm out, right? Right, right. I, I mean, I, it's going to be really hard for me to imagine that this guy is playing with air when we raise him again. I mean, he could be taking advantage of us because we're in position, and all those things I said, and raising. And then if we raise again, I, I would imagine there's a lot of scenarios where that guy insta-folds, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just make a move on us, and then we show, hey— you picked the wrong time to make a move, and I'm out. Um, and if he re-raises, then he's got to have something, I think. I mean, I mean, Or at least the chances of him having something. That uh, beats but, us. Yeah. And everything he could have beats us at this point. I mean, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, pocket trays are the only thing that we beat here, I think. so.
0: It's funny because we were just two minutes ago talking about rate, betting on a, the least amount of money to have the effect that you want, and now we're talking about putting more money in. Yeah. That we didn't want to put it in the first place, so I like a call. It's,
2: it's you know, I mean, you got to figure out what you're going to do. So I think the frame of mind that all three of us were in at, at this point was, "Hey, it's two fifty. We'll see what the turn is. If it's good, then great. And if it's not, we're out." Right? And, and that's that's a very reasonable line to take. Um, but the problem is, we got two more streets of betting. So by putting in a raise, I don't know if the raise would be here. Uh, maybe raise it to ten. Right? So it's probably what you do here. Is that less than two more streets of betting to and then, you know, do this magic trick that that you mentioned that, you know try to play outplay him later on. So, you know, uh yeah, it's more money, but maybe it's less money in the long run to get yeah. the same yeah. same effects. So I don't know. I I guess uh after more thought I I would be a little bit more aggressive here in Rays, but uh we'll see what happens. And the
0: fact that we bet out first plays in the story that, you know, we have a hand that beats his seven or we have a, you know, we could have the deuce and we are just trying to get, cause we were last to act. And I mean, we are kind of laying the story that we do have a good hand here so that when he min raises us, if we raise him again, he's gonna be like, oh man, he, maybe he does have me beat or, you know, or oh, I don't have the deuce, I was just fooling or, you know, whatever. But at the same time, if he pops us again, then we know we're beat. So I don't know. I don't know. I like a call though. Of all the, all the choices, I think I'm gonna call.
2: All right. Uh, so remember our, our hero said uh, he's not pretty much more unless the turn is good right.
0: well the turn is good he oh, said
2: it's the four of clubs so our board now is uh, deuce of clubs, deuce of diamonds seven of diamonds, four of clubs the villain leads out for 750
0: okay well unless it's a seven we're going to get this guy stack you know unless he has because he has seven he could fold if we raise him now so it's got to be a deuce uh, because we called if, if, if the fact that we called, he's not—he's not nervous to bet into us. He's confident we don't have the deuce, because he's got the deuce. There's no way he could bet 750 with us calling, because if us calling and he doesn't have the deuce, he's gonna think that we have the deuce and we're just smooth calling. So, for him to bet into us, he has to have a deuce. Um, and I'm happy with raising him. You know, I mean, I, whatever he's—you know—I I usually do three x, but if he wants to get Q and does the same thing he did to us and min raise him. You know, that's fine, too. Um, but I I think if he has a deuce, he's going to call whatever we bet. So I'm going to make it like 20 bucks to go.
2: All right, I'm going to disagree with you here. I'm going to call. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to call here because, again, I, for the same reasons that, that you were raising here. I'm like, he's obviously very confident in his hand, um, you know, unless he's got pocket deuces or pocket sevens you know we've got this hand locked down now and we no longer have to worry about diamonds if he was making some kind of move with diamonds um so i will call here uh maybe give him the illusion that i'm drawing a diamonds or something like that um and because we're in position we don't have to worry about missing a bet on the river right so if we're out of position the problem is you, you want to check one more time and but then he could check behind that's not going to happen here. I mean, if we call here and he checks on the river, then we can get a bet in at that point. Um, now, you're right. If he if he has a deuce here, uh, maybe I'm leaving money on the table because we could get it all in or get, get a raising war going on here. But but I kind of think uh, – I kind of like the mis, uh, misdirection here and uh, call the 750 and then let him bet and then I'll raise on the river.
0: Okay. I'm going to throw out something off yes. the wall. Okay. By just calling, let's say he has five five, six, six, or a random naked seven. Or he has a deuce. He has the two deuces that's gonna freak you out that could come or you know, one deuce that could come at the end, I'm saying, with his other deuce. So he could have a seven that comes and then you're gonna be like, oh man, if he had a seven, now he's got a bigger boat than me. It's gonna make you second guess whatever he bets on the river. If he has five five and a five comes on the end, now you're going to think, "Well, my my boat is beat." Six six, my boat could be beat. You have all these questions that are going to make you maybe fold to a bet on the end. Whereas if you if you are convinced he has a deuce now, he's not going to fold to a bet here. Get it in now, so you can't be bluffed on the river later. I I would I would definitely raise him here. You know, imagine if a seven comes, and then he bets, you're going to be sick to your stomach. And then he turns over ace-deuce, and you're going to be like, oh, you got to be kidding me.
2: True, but uh, if we get it all in here, I and mean, we're still going to lose it as seven comes, right? So, I mean, I know what you're saying is that we're giving ourselves an opportunity to get bluffed out of this pot, right. so that's a fair point, but uh, we're not going to lose any less here, I don't think, by calling. Um,
0: well, you could lose value. I mean, if you just call, and then he checks the river, and you because it's a seven, and, or whatever, he, and you check, then it's like, oh, I, I could have made more money if I had forced him to get it in now, instead of us both being scared later. We always talk about scare cards. Yeah. All right. So all I right. want to raise. I'm just saying, that's my point. Your yeah. point is very valid. I'm just saying. Nope. Just Two want, good
2: valid points there. Yeah,
0: I wanted to throw stuff to the wall and see if it stuck. That's all. <laughs> that's all I did there.
2: Uh, all right. Our hero min-raises to $15. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. It says too. I'm now hoping he's in aggro mode and shoves on me, but to my surprise, he just min-raises back to twenty two fifty. Hey, you guys know there are limit games on PokerStars, right? <laughs> you, know, you don't want to make uh, calculated artistic bets. You can play limit. It's it's a lot more fun, by the way. I agree.
0: So I mean, the only thing that we're afraid of is seven seven, really. You know, and for him to I mean, keep yeah, doing this.
2: Quads, so I mean, he could have quads too. So. Yeah,
0: and deuce deuce. But it just come on. If you had quads, are you really min raising and, us and on that both flop?
2: Would, both would be limping hands too, right? Yeah. So, but
0: would you really raise us at all at any point at that flop? I
2: would not have raised on the flop with no.
0: quads. So I'm shoving. Yes.
2: All right. Uh, well, again, I, I'm not too worried here either. We got we got what I think consider our gin card, even though I don't like gin. Um, so yeah, I think I'm with you. So all right. All right. Here it says this is different to how he's played so far, and it scares me slightly as I feel he's trying to entice me to shove. I know I'm only losing to pocket deuces and pocket sevens, but both those hands are possibilities, and I think he played them play them this way. I decide on caution and just call.
0: I just don't see someone with sevens full on that flop or quads on that flop min raising after checking because it just sends up flags and he's trying to scare you, and you don't want that. You don't want to be scared here. You want, you know. Someone to have a seven, and you have a lonely deuce, and you think you might get some more out of them, but you don't want to have quads and lose somebody. You want them to boat up when you have quads. You just oh, it, so there, I just don't agree with that. I don't think he plays it this way if he has those two hands. I think yeah, we're good.
2: You want that flush to get here too, right? Yeah, so. exactly. I'm shoving. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's squiggly sixteen to pot, and the river is the horrible seven of hearts. He says so. Our final board is deuce of clubs, deuce of diamonds, seven of diamonds, four of clubs, seven of hearts. And he says the villain takes forever to act while I'm quietly hating life, waiting for this inve- inevitable shove. And then to my surprise, he only bets out seven fifty.
0: See, I-, I should play the lotto tonight or something. I <laughs> I was just fooling around saying the seven and the seven comes. Um see, this is it. This is what I'm saying. So now you you literally could be way ahead of this guy, which I know you hate to hear that. You hate way ahead, you like just ahead. But uh <laughs> I-, I I I believe that I'm glad he could bet that and I have to call. I, I can't go crazy now because he could have just, like you said, he plays every hand and he went all in with Jack 10 earlier. So, you know, he could have a random seven and we lost, but he could have a deuce and we won. So I'm I'm going to call, which is terrible, but I would have got more money out of him if he had a deuce and I would made my move earlier. So I'm, I'm upset by that, but we can't think back because I have to play it the way it's been given to us. So... I'm just going to call now. I can't risk losing more money to a random seven.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the OA decision here is a call. I mean, fold is is too tight. I think because we uh, we beat a lot of hands here, and raising is too risky at this point because that that seven.
0: Yeah, it's a ton a ton of money in that pot for seven bucks. I'm calling. Yeah. Uh, our hero agrees
2: with us. I don't really think about this one. I just make the call. As the river basically killed my hand, I'm happy to take 9 to 1 odds to see if my hand is still good. Amazingly, it is when he turns over the four of diamonds, deuce of hearts. <laughs> oh, losing to my forceful. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Uh, Side, I think I definitely left money behind here on the flop. I'm in a horrible shape drawing to one outer, but once I hit the turn, I think instead of playing cautious after this 3-bet, I should have shoved, just like Chris would have done. Yeah. I was right in my thinking that he was trying to trap me with a huge hand. I just didn't think it would be uh, the one huge hand that I was beating.
0: Wow. So a one-outer. That's crazy. Wow. Um, And what's even more crazy is that he played four deuce off, you know, in in a relatively early position. (laughs) Yep. Under the gun plus one, right? That's, That's what he was. He wasn't middle position. Yeah, so he's early. Early position, and he calls limps with four deuce off. Yep. Yeah, so it's tough. You want this guy in your game all the time, but at the same time, it's like you could lose a lot of money to a guy like this, too, because you, you can't use logic. You know? Yeah,
2: I mean, he, he literally could be playing anything at any time. So, oh, that's I mean, insane. That's always the problem with poker, right? Because every flop, you, you're worried about three sets, right? You always have to worry about three sets, Yeah, even though it's not as likely. But, I mean, now you're throwing this guy, and, and you literally, I mean, you, you can't do the math that you normally do in poker. Like, well, he can't have that hand, because he... Very well, could have that. Yeah, exactly. But again, that's why it's strategic that way. But you've got to be a good player to play crap cards like that for a profit, though. I mean, it, it, I know we keep saying it makes it sound like these guys are, are great because they, they really make our decisions tough for us, but you've got you to be good to play those for a yeah, profit. Yeah.
0: Hey, doesn't Mike have like the perfect name for poker? Mike Buck? Does. I mean, there's past the buck, it's only a buck. You know, I mean, it, there's all this stuff you could say. He, he must have a blast <laughs> at the table.
2: And the funny thing is, I'm sitting here at my desk, and I have a "The Buck Stops Here" sign yes. at
0: the Harry Truman
2: Little White House down in, in Key West. So yes, I'm, and that, that buck means poker, right?
0: So. Yeah. Well, Mike Buck, thanks for sending it in, and we appreciate it very much. Uh, I'm Chris Casenza. I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at a
1: table. Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AntiUpMagazine.com. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com. or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.
2: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.